0: My biggest fear is just being in the same place like a year from now, six months from now. I hate seeing like people just not reach their potential and I have goals and aspirations that can't be reached unless I am going at everything
1: 120%. All right. I'm back with another episode. This is Founders Club and I'm your host Des De Costa. Join me as we explore the entrepreneurial journey of Billy Jennings. The founder of Odd Earn, with experience working with major names like Suicide Boys, Billy offers a personalized approach for each client, guiding them on releases, rollouts, and effective marketing strategies. Don't miss this insightful conversation on navigating the dynamic music industry hey what's up guys welcome to another episode today here i have billy jennings the founder of ottern can't wait to learn more about that billy welcome to the show
0: great for uh i'm grateful to be here and uh yeah thanks for having me
1: of course well let's learn a little bit more about who you are could you give us the quick elevator pitch
0: yeah so my name is billy jennings um I have started uh, my own agency called Odd Earn. Uh, So basically, my goal is to help uh, celebrities, influencers, artists, um, anyone with an audience. uh, Essentially, my goal is to help them monetize their audience.
1: Definitely, definitely needed. Fantastic. So how did you get started in this space?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of trying uh, a million different things and acquiring different skills and meeting as many people as possible, growing my network. Um, And uh, yeah, through that, I didn't really go into it with a plan to kind of start this or anything. Um, It just came kind of organically, people asking me for advice nonstop. And um, (laughs) eventually I was like, all right, I have to stop doing this for totally free, but I I still... um, you know, my passion is really helping people. So that's, that's kind of where it was born out of.
1: Right. So it was like an organic entrance into just helping people. And how did it end up that you niched into the music and entertainment space?
0: Yeah, really crazy story. So I went to grad school at University of Alabama, and I, I uh, wanted to work in television. So I ended up getting an internship with MTV for the, uh, the jackass guys. And then through them, I I worked on some projects, um, with like ridiculousness and a couple other things and then WWE network. And, you know, I liked working in TV and film, uh, for a little while, but it just wasn't as fulfilling for me. My passion, um, really aligned more in the music space just because of how fast it moves compared to working in television or movies where like you can work on something for like literally an entire year and it flops or it never comes out, which which happened to me, uh, which really just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I decided to pivot to music touring um, and I ended up working for an artist uh, that I think a lot of people have heard of named Riff Raff. Uh, I helped with his touring stuff, tour managed, uh, merch managed. And uh, basically fell in love with that side of the industry and how fast it moved and my ability to, I guess, work on creative things that, uh, yeah, come out really quickly and are, you know, impact a lot of people. And uh, yeah, just that quick feedback loop is super fun and addictive to me, almost like a game. So um, so yeah, I kind of parlayed my experience working in television into working for all these different uh, rappers and eventually worked my way up to uh working for uh you know some bigger artists.
1: That definitely sounds exciting. I can't wait to dive deeper into that. Um so you started Odd Earn. Now when did you start Odd Earn?
0: Uh you know it, kind of like informally uh about like a year ago. I you know okay. I was taking so many calls from from different uh, acts within music or television or whatever, like just, just a lot of friends would reach out to me saying like, Hey, I know you have a guy that can do this. I know you, I know you have a guy that can run ads or create social media assets or whatever. So, um, I ended up just kind of being like a middleman slash point guard for essentially everyone I know in the industry. Um, you know, and as I said before, I was doing it for totally free and feeling super burned out and, and just feeling like I really couldn't help everyone. So, um, I started to dial it in sort of towards the end of 2023. Um, and yeah, just kind of started putting the framework in place so that way I can better assist people, um, you know, with the framework I have in place now.
1: Okay, got it. So yeah, you were doing this already pretty much for a long time informally. And almost about a year ago, you started it formally as Audern. Perfect. Can you tell us more about the business model of Audern and how does it generate revenue?
0: Yeah. So essentially um, what my my favorite part of Audern um, is uh, essentially like I, I've noticed a lot of uh, a lot of people that have audiences actually have no, no real idea on how to monetize them properly. And um, currently my nine to five, I, I, work for a, uh, a record label called G five, nine records, which I love these guys. I've been with them for five years. Um, they, uh, they're it's, it's suicide boys record labels. So they're a massive act. When I first started working for these guys, I mean, obviously they were already successful, but now they're doing arenas like Madison square garden and, you know, just massive NBA arenas. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how that went
1: got it so they pay you uh basically what would it be like a monthly retainer it sounds like and then you just offer whatever consultancy makes sense yes. for that particular artist
0: yeah so it's more like um I I kind of started out just being like the guy who was like hey I'll do anything you need um which I had to dial it in a little bit more and that came from just time and, and working with them and um and as they've grown into I mean, they are a super talented, organized, hardworking team behind the scenes. And um yeah, it's it's kind of just been like a combination of working with them and cutting my teeth and seeing how a platinum, essentially a platinum selling uh record label operates, all of that stuff has been able to be absorbed by me. And um, you know, my goal is to kind of put it to to good use for for everyone else.
1: I see. Okay, that totally makes sense. Um so you've had exposure to this space for a while, and then you started up Ottern because there was a need for it. Who was your first customer and how did you help them exactly?
0: Yeah, so um, my first customer, I guess technically would be one of my friends. His name is, uh, Ryan. He goes by, he's an artist uh, from Maine called Spose. He was the first, uh, I guess, musician to ever take a chance on me and pay me a dime to do anything. So, um, that was years and years ago, but, uh, in terms of like kicking off Audern, I had reached out to him, um, he's got a pretty decent fan base on Spotify, over a hundred thousand monthly listeners. He's got a pretty decent, uh, Instagram following. So, uh, pretty much, I reached out to him, asked him if I could use him as a case study. Um, it worked out wonderfully, and uh, yeah, from there, I kind of uh, have just been using it to reach out to other people and, and show them the great results we've done and what we can do for them uh, with their numbers that are you know considerably bigger than you know uh, Spouse's numbers. So, um, so yeah.
1: Would you say that since the inception of your business, Odd Earn? that you pretty much started to make money immediately because it was almost like the customers came first, then the business came.
0: Yeah, definitely, I definitely in, in this industry, I, I did not make money immediately. If anything, it was the complete opposite. Um, I I'm blessed in the position I am, uh, with G59 records and stuff, uh, you know, them taking such good care of me and, that's why I'm super loyal to them and always will be. But uh, um, in terms of like actually getting paid, I, I had to do a lot of free trials and and kind of prove it uh, that this is gonna work. A lot of the, the stuff that we're doing is, it's not rocket science, but it is kind of new. So um, nobody wants to be the guinea pig uh, with anything. So, you know, I had to get case studies and and prove that this works. And now that it works, uh, it's definitely a little bit easier to get the the checks to clear for sure.
1: I see. Okay. Um can you help me understand more about what uh kind of services you offer specifically or what's the kind of playbook that you set out for these artists? I know you mentioned offering free services and free trials. What exactly was that for?
0: Yeah, so uh my favorite, you know, my favorite thing that uh that i do for for artists is essentially put email systems in place uh sms text systems in place um and in general i mean i can assist with rollouts and uh you know just because again i've been blessed to be a part of a a team that's that's you know doing billions and billions of streams i kind of know what goes into a rollout at this point so um, it's basically just providing everyone with the tools they need, the different assets they need, and and how they work um, with all the different DSPs, all the different social media platforms. I think a lot of people are um, a lot of people put stuff out well before they should, and and there's definitely a um, a power to working fast. But also, um, what a lot of people don't understand is that these platforms like Spotify, Apple, Instagram. Um, TikTok, all of them reward people for using their platforms to the fullest extent. Meaning, like your bio is flushed out, you have a cover photo, you have a, a profile pic, and um, all this stuff it seems so basic. But it's crazy if you look at all your the top people you follow on Instagram. I, I would say like only like half of them have have if if not less have their have their profiles uh, flushed out the way they should and um, all that. So. With that said, I I utilize a combination of text uh, messaging software, Um, I use email marketing software, but also just, um, I have a a really great team of, uh, you know, in-house that that can assist with anything that goes into a rollout, whether that be merch, whether that be music that's being released, whether that be on the touring side. Um, It's just been like a mesh of of everything um, and everyone that I've met over the years that uh, kind of uh, helped me flesh out a really good team.
1: Okay, I see. And just so that I can understand a little bit more, because I'm pretty new to the concepts that you're talking about, what it would you say is the number one, like, revenue stream for artists? Would it be merch? Would it be tours? Would it be releases? What what does that look like?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, merch is definitely. I, I I well, I guess the proper answer would be using all of these things in conjunction, like you know, there's obviously, you know, artists make a ton of money by going on tour and stuff, but, um, there, there's a lot of overhead on tour, like, like one artist that I work for, you know, he's in the negative, you know, 300 K before he even sets out on the road, because a lot of people don't understand that renting a tour bus for a month and a half, that costs 150,000. Then you got to order all the merch up front. That's another sixty seventy thousand $70,000 before you even take the stage. So, um, It's using all of these things in conjunction and, um, for example, you know, using text messaging software to let your fans in a certain market where tickets might not be selling uh, as well as they should be letting them know that you're coming to town or uh, um, putting a QR code up at the merch booth so that way if fans, uh, you know, come to the merch booth and you're sold out of their size they can scan that QR code and it'll lead them to a Shopify store to, uh, allow them to get that off of you, uh, allow them to purchase that off of you, rather than, you know, a, a bootlegger or scammer or, or someone on eBay for 10 times the original price. So it's all about using all of these things in conjunction. It definitely has a snowball effect and, um, yeah, it really builds off of each other. So it's, it's great. And and it, it is something that has to be custom tailored to every single, uh, every single person with an audience, you know, there's no one size fits all um, solution. So I think that's where the power uh, of, of Audern comes in, because, you know, essentially, I have a team of experts that can help custom tailor. Um, yeah, a success story for everyone, essentially.
1: OK, I understand better now. It's definitely a that multifaceted approach and strategy. And I can definitely see how artists who don't leverage a service like yours can fall far into the negative because they just are inexperienced and may just not know.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like there, there's this guy. Um, he's a really funny um comedy influencer on TikTok and Instagram, and he's got five hundred thousand followers, and it's driving me crazy because he's trying to put out serious music now, and he's actually really good, but he's putting it out so incorrectly that it's like frustrating because i i'm literally seeing tens of thousands of dollars just slip through his fingers and he doesn't even know and i sent him an email and he hasn't responded but it's uh it it sucks to see people kind of squandering such good opportunities
1: yeah i hear you on that so let's say i'm a local artist here in las vegas i have a you know relatively solid following where i feel like i can branch out a little bit more and i find out about your services, Audern, um, and I want to pay you. So how much does that look like and what can I expect?
0: Yeah, so um, as of right now, you know, we have uh, a couple different, uh, I guess, subscription t- tiers, I would call it. Um, you know, if someone just wants advice and, and basically templates and a roadmap, um, you know it, our prices are pretty affordable they start at you know a couple thousand bucks a month and uh you know essentially from there if, if you look i could easily hand you a roadmap and and hand you all the different softwares you could use and how to use them and and if you're tech savvy and you have someone on your team that can put these systems in place by all means i mean you know you could subscribe to our service for one month take our game plan take it and run with it um we do have higher level tiers where essentially you know you essentially have an in-house uh, cmo which would you know essentially be me on calls with you every single week um helping you push your product uh, your project or whatever whatever your goal is whatever activation you're trying to roll out um you know those higher tiers um are are essentially custom pricing but you know it's uh, you'd have unlimited access to myself so Um, There's a little bit something for everyone at every price point. Um, But yeah, it is kind of a custom tailored thing.
1: Okay, thank you so much for breaking that down for me. Um, When you were starting out, was there ever a time that you doubted this would work? And if so, how did you handle that?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, I'm gonna be honest, I, I tried everything, you know, like, I, I, I would go on tour for an artist making 200 bucks a week, despite having $50,000 of student loans, which is probably not the wisest thing. My parents hated that. Um, I lost relationships because of that, you know, like there's definitely a lot of self doubt. Um, you know, like, uh, I I tried everything, you know, I I tried drop shipping. I tried doing SEO. I tried doing video editing. I drove to Atlanta and shot a music video. Like, I I think, um, you know, for me, it was, it was just a matter of like cutting my teeth and, and and figuring out like what exactly I enjoyed doing. And then once I kind of got a taste there, um, I just kind of like doubled down on it. But yeah, definitely a lot of self-doubt. And um, but I mean, that's that's the human human will is uh, to push through and and face the struggle, you know. So um I've always embraced it and and I'm gonna keep embracing it.
1: I love that approach. Yeah. There's always going to be naysayers and, uh, the fact that you were able to utilize that to empower yourself says a whole ton. Um, I want to ask you more about your personal, I guess, character, um, and how that leads into your success. So what does your typical day look like and how do you make it productive?
0: Yeah. So, um, Interesting question. So, you know, I guess the cool thing about, about this job and this career and everything is, you know, I don't, I don't have a set, like, I don't, I don't have to clock in at a certain time. I don't have anyone like hovering over me, telling me what to do. That definitely comes with its own challenges because I have to be my own boss. And there's definitely days where I wake up and I don't want to do anything except play Xbox or watch TV or whatever. And, um, I think in in general, like entrepreneurship, um, that was like the biggest thing for me It was like, Hey, like if you want things to get better, like no one's coming to save you. Like there's never going to be a right time, um, to start doing stuff. So for me, like every single day I wake up, uh, I, I write down like the, the four or five most important things I have to get done that day. And everything else is a bonus um but yeah i think it's more about just like everyday changes like so, some days i work a 12 hour days uh, uh some days i work a 12 hour day some days i work 3 hours but it's it's basically like the night before i plan out the four or five most important things i have to do make sure i get those things done as soon as possible first thing in the morning before complacency or i get tired or whatever sets in i'm human um and then knocking them out as soon as possible
1: nice so you've created a structure that works for you i'm definitely someone who lives off lists and list building Uh, i have multiple lists and however i i don't fall into the trap of just lists like i'll make sure that those things definitely get checked off and are moving through my productivity pipeline so it sounds like you have a very similar setup there where every day you try to maximize the hours that you have even if that means you're working a 12-hour day or a 3-hour day you're still productive there
0: yeah 100% and, and um you know and, and I'm not going to lie like I get interrupted a lot it's just the nature of my job and working with celebrities and when when people want stuff done they want it done now they want you to drop everything to get it done and there's crazy deadlines and high budgets and you have to be on your, your a game. And, uh, as much as I would like to put my phone on, do not disturb for hours at a time. So I can get some deep work done. It's just not possible. So without that list and that checklist of like the four things I need to get done, I I'd be lost. So definitely.
1: I love that. Um, I want to dive deeper into what your creative process looks like. How do you bring your ideas to life as a business owner?
0: You know, for me, it really, uh, I hate to sound like a hipster when it comes to AI, but I've been using AI for like five, six years now. Um, I used to go on this website. It's its a great website. It's called AppSumo. Um, it's basically a, a website where you can get software um, for, for pretty cheap. Um, so I was always like buying different softwares and stuff that could uh, essentially make my life easier. Uh, combining that with, uh, you know, leveraging the use of virtual assistants, VAs from other countries. Um, even when I was in college and grad school, I would hire people from India to like write my papers and do my math homework. Like I'm all about maximizing time because that's how the real world works. Um, so yeah, I think basically just, uh, I I love, I love using, uh, A.I. and and consulting people and and just asking for opinions like that's the best way to refine something that you're working on is just ask ask other people what they think about it and ask them to be honest, you don't want someone just to uh, yes and you because you're not going to really get anywhere if everyone tells you that every idea you have is wonderful, (laughs) I, I need some people in my life to tell me my ideas suck sometimes.
1: Yes, it's that um, constructive criticism or even controlled chaos that helps to create a a better product or a better service. And the fact that you are so resourceful, stemming back from when you were in college as well, utilizing what resources you had to really pull it all together, whether it be uh, writing an essay or math homework or now running a whole business, um, definitely all comes full circle now. Uh, my next question for you is: What is one trend that excites you? Would that be AI?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I do think a lot of AI is uh is <laughs> it's just junk generation. You know, like like um, AI is great in a lot of ways. Like I I will sit there till three in the morning asking chat GPT what it thinks of certain ideas or, or, or not really what it thinks, but um, flushing out ideas, like, what are different ways I can do this? Or what are different ways I can monetize audiences for someone that has a fan base like this? You know, um, it's honestly, it's great. It's like having an assistant. Um, in other ways, you know, AI is not there yet. But it's it's super exciting. Like, um, I could go on and on about AI, but it's, it's starting to get to a point to where regular assistants are going to be phased out by these uh uh ai assistants so they're, they're starting to, to create uh, applications that can complete tasks 100 percent like there's already saw so- there's already an ai software out there that can if you tell it to book you a plane ticket it'll, it'll book you a plane ticket uh it'll, it'll charge your card and everything and uh you know these are things that chat GPT can't do. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. And then there's all the creative implications too. Like one of the artists I work for, um, we, we made like 15 lyric videos, uh, all from AI and people are like, what it it, kind of had a creepy vibe to it. The, the videos and people are like, Oh, like what horror movie are these clips from? It's like, nah, like they're, they're all AI. Um, so there's really cool stuff. That's, uh, there's something for everyone when it comes to AI, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that. I think uh, I I speak to a lot of folks on this podcast, and I think the number one answer as of the last six months has been AI. But, and that's because there are so many use cases and applications for it. It's ridiculous, it's insane. Um, And, uh, you know, each of the entrepreneurs that I speak to um, more often than not, they're each involved in something extremely different different industries, verticals, but they have each found a very strong resourcefulness in the use of AI. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I want to know now, what is one habit of yours that makes you more productive as an entrepreneur? I know you mentioned how you structure your days and organize your um, your tasks into lists. And now what's something else, a specific habit of yours that makes you more productive?
0: I think, uh, you know, I've always been the type of person like I get a kick out of learning. Um, I, I I used to read a lot of like self-help books. Like I love understanding how I work and like how I am as a person and um, different creativity hacks and productivity hacks. And a lot of them are just that they're really hacky and fluff Um, so I think for me, um, it's honestly, it's just been, there is no secret or fluff. It's just been like, do I want to be successful? Do I want to be in the same place a year from now? Like, because the only way to get momentum is to, is to create momentum. Like no one's coming to throw you the life raft. Uh, no one's coming. So once I stopped feeling sorry for myself and feeling like, things aren't fair or maybe my career isn't progressing in the way I want it to or fast enough, like no one cares. Um, and I, I had to be real with myself. So I, I, I try and consume. Um, I Don't get me wrong. Like, I still play a lot of video games. I, I still consume a lot of stupid media, but I make I make it a habit of like essentially surrounding myself in terms of like the YouTube channels I watch, the podcasts I listen to, like For every dumb thing I watch, I try and watch like one or two productive things. Like I don't map it all out, but like I I definitely try and like there's whole days that'll go where I'll I'll listen to, you know, I don't know, Alex Hermosi talking about the latest business trends or whatever. Um, You know, you listen, you consume enough of this stuff. Like these people in a way start to become your mentors, even if you've never talked to them or or met them, you start to kind of absorb the info. And then from there, um, you know. Stop being a sponge and just start doing.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know whoever said it, but it's something that I've seen circulate on social media for a long time now is decide what to be and go be it. If you decide that you're not happy or you're not feeling like you're reaching your fullest potential today, okay, what would take you from point A to point B and then- put those more granular steps into place that would eventually get you there. So I see, I hear your point on that. It's just, you got to figure out what you want and then just cut the bullshit and go do it.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. It's those granular little things that like, It sounds so cliche, but like, that's really what it is. It's those little granular things and those little pieces of information that you pick up through your trials and tribulations and failures and talking to people. It's those little tiny pieces of advice that move the needle.
1: Right. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, I mean, because most people, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people want to drive a nice car most people want to own a nice house and take nice vacations and okay but how do you get from point a where maybe that's not that great of a possibility just yet and point b it's not like you're gonna wake up tomorrow and that'll all be there i mean maybe if you hit the hit the yeah but uh, otherwise
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i i I really love what you're saying there. And it's also, it's not, it's not a linear path. Like it's like for me, um, you know, I was working for a musician a couple of years ago and then he got canceled. And, um, because he got canceled, like, I certainly wasn't putting him on my resume. So, um, like I I almost had to start from scratch again. So like, uh, and it sucked. I had to like rebuild relationships and, and, um, kind of burn it all down and, and start over again. So it like, wasn't a linear path, you know, but because it wasn't a linear path, I, I gained tools in other areas. Um, so it, it ends up working out. If you just stick with it, you can't lose.
1: Absolutely. And I think that segues really nicely into another question I have for you, which is what is one failure that you've had along your journey? How did you overcome that?
0: Yeah, so yeah. Um, I would say for me it was, I I took about a year where I stepped away from entertainment and like the sense that I'm working in it now. Like I wasn't working with like influencers or musicians or anything. Uh, um, I I was like, you know, I I think I was just feeling a lot of self doubt, and I ended up getting a pretty good job with a video game company, and and it was it was cool. Like, don't get me wrong, I love video games, but, um. I was kind of like back in that office setting. I was doing boring office tasks and uh, yeah, I was just kind of like super disappointed in myself at that time for like switching gears, I guess, for, I don't know, for financial security to make, not make the part like who I was with at the time happy, but that certainly played a role into it. Uh, I've got my parents being like, Hey, you're out of grad school. Like why the hell are you doing this with $50,000 worth of debt? Like, that all sucked, and it kind of got to me, and I, I, I definitely stepped away for a little while to, I guess, question if maybe they were right, or questioning if I was right, and still pursuing stuff. So, um, but yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I overcame it by getting back into it and going as hard as possible. So I guess it really doesn't matter anymore.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely hard when you have all of those influences, and then the influence of yourself, too, who may be uh, all contradicting each other and what you want. So uh, the fact that you were able to pull yourself through that moment and get to where you are today, it sounds like, you know, it was just not necessarily even a failure situation, but just what needed to be in order for you to gain clarity in what you truly wanted.
0: Yeah, 100%. And and sometimes like the perfect job or the perfect client or whatever it, it really is all about timing like um i know when like i was first hired by suicide boys like i was i was emailing them like at least once a month for like over a year and like barely got any response like i, I didn't get any response actually and it was like on that like 10th outreach to where they're like okay like let's meet for coffee and then i was hired on the spot so um, you know, as they say, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So I mean, the only way to, to ever get there is to just keep going. There's no failures. There's only lessons. And I mean, all this stuff is just so cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. So
1: yeah, very well said. On on that note, what advice would you give your younger self?
0: I think, um, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's just a matter of uh, I, I would let my my younger self know that like pretty much just what I just said is like like this is a lot of this is going to suck. Um, you're going to work in silence with no money, uh, not, not for everyone, but. Um, you're going to, you're going to work in silence. You're not going to get the recognition that you think you're entitled to or, or whatever. No one cares that you have a college degree. No one cares that you have a master's degree. No one cares that you used to work for a certain celebrity, like none of it matters. Um, which my younger self, I was super concerned, not about clout or popularity or anything, but I felt this need to like demonstrate to other people that I was doing big things and cool things. And, um, yeah, I, I, all that's kind of like out the window and doesn't matter and it doesn't fulfill me. Like it doesn't give me any happiness. Um my happiness truly comes from serving other people and um seeing like like gamifying my life and and like like I guess I would just tell myself like just focus on you, maximize your potential and and, and really see where you can take it and stay positive and and don't give up. It's all the cliché BS.
1: <laughs> but cliche because it works for you and it may work for other people. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate the rawness and the honesty. Yeah. All right. Tell us something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on something that maybe causes waves when you bring it up.
0: Mm. I, um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I think it goes back to like, no one gives a shit about your college degree um, at all. Like it doesn't matter. And I also think that, that no one really gives a shit about your opinion until you're 30 years old. Um, that's just how it worked out for me. And that's how I've seen it go down for a lot of my friends. Um, granted there's exceptions to every rule, Um but yeah, I think especially, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I used, I used to be a teaching assistant at university of Alabama. I I taught public speaking there. Um, I, I, I taught hundreds and hundreds of kids, uh, while I was in grad school and it was so frustrating for me. And at the time, like I was way younger too, but like, even back then it was so frustrating for me to like talk to all these kids and them just thinking like i'm gonna i'm gonna leave here with my degree and i'm gonna go to six-figure job and start my life and it's like your life doesn't like start (laughs) until you actually start doing anything meaningful in my opinion so um so yeah i just think you, you have to pay your dues and you have to suffer a little bit
1: i love that i mean it's true uh i think that's a very raw truth, a hard pill to swallow sometimes, and I will say I definitely had a similar situation going through college thinking I would graduate and pretty much have my life set up for me, right? That's the that's the dream that we're sold when we pay all this money to get a degree, uh, that everything will kind of fall into place after we graduate and walk off the stage with diploma in hand, but there's now a whole nother set of dues that need to be paid outside of these of this collegiate bubble, if you will. Um, I almost needed to relearn how to go through life because it's not like, all right, wake up. My first class is at 930 then my second class is at, what, 11. Um, so th- that's not the case. It's like a very different approach to life. And I want to dive even deeper into something you said about age that nobody takes you seriously until you're about 30. Um, how old are you by the way, Billy?
0: Yeah. So I'm 34.
1: You're 34. Okay. Um, did you see and feel a lot of ageism going into, you know, just your, your business meetings or whatever, what to make you feel that way?
0: Yeah. Yes. And no, like, like it was really funny because when I, you know i was working for for an artist and then that artist got canceled and then i started working for like a really big um uh, a really big artist and uh i ended up going on the road with them for a little bit and like because i had i had graduate like i had finished grads i had finished grad school so i was a little bit older than your typical intern so to speak which is what i was for this big artist um and i i just kind of humbled myself and was like whatever i'll, I'll I'll take the same job as a 19 year old kid, even though I'm like 25 at the time. I didn't, I didn't care. Cause I knew like once my foot was in the door, I'm good. But I flat out had someone tell me like, like you're too old to even switch lanes. And I'm like, dude, I'm like I'm 25, like I'm 25. And it's not like I sat around playing Xbox for the last five years. I was working for MTV. I was working for WWE. Um, so I was told I was too old to pivot to music, which is the dumbest thing ever. Um, but then on the other side, like, you know, I, I just, I haven't been in the corporate world. Like I had one corporate job and I quit after three weeks. Um, but, uh, I I hated it. But, uh, on that side, I I just have so many friends and peers that have gone that route and like, just nothing really seems to unfold until you're 30. Um, it's just kind of how it goes. Like, I, I think, and also too, like personally, I grew more from age 28 to 32 than I did from like 21, to 28 i just i don't know there's there's a different there's levels to this stuff it's kind of like what you said it's like when you finish like when you're in college you know you have someone telling you like go to class do this here's the homework and stuff but once you're out of school and you're kind of just like a ship with no sail like floating there you have to be the one to like make those connections and reach out to people like no one's gonna tell you to um you absolutely have to and if you don't you're going to get passed up by someone that is reaching out every single week. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear exactly what you're saying can totally relate. Um, so, and now here you are through all the trials, tribulations, lessons and everything you have created Audern from all of that. So that must feel like a really nice, uh, you know, really good feeling. Um, as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing you do over and over and recommend everyone else do?
0: Um, I definitely think um, implementing systems has been really, really helpful for me. Um, I, I think I think just like making sure I'm organized, like not, not to over, like, I don't, I get frustrated when like I'm trying to like learn something or some new like business book comes out or a podcast or whatever. And like these people talk about like my, their morning routines, like they get up at four 30 and they do some crazy five mile run on the beach, like before the sun even comes up. And I just find that's, that's all bullshit. I mean, it might work for a lot of people. I, I think it's just like, going back to what i said like i have a simple notebook i have a pen i write down what needs to be done and i get it done and if it doesn't get done i'm not moving the ball downfield i'm not scoring um so it's like you either do the shit and get it done or don't um and it's it's black and white for me either do it or don't
1: yeah it it really does seem that simple um there's a lot of extra other fluff that people might be able to throw in, but at the very simplistic version of what everyone is saying is just do the thing. (laughs) Just Just get the things things. done.
0: That's
1: it. (laughs) All right. What is one marketing strategy other than referrals that you're using that works really well to generate new business right now?
0: Um, Man, there's this marketer. It's my... Honestly, like my favorite marketer slash mentor, um, um, or one of my favorite mentors, I should say, I don't want to piss anyone off, but, uh, this guy named Sean Anthony, he, he has started like using Microsoft word documents, uh, to essentially sell $30,000 digital products. Um, and I'm just fascinated by that. So, um, it's been really cool to see like such a basic technology such as word docs be used to, um, essentially land this guy five figure deals repeatedly. So, um, to me, it's just a really exciting trend. It's, it's a pattern interrupt. Like people are so used to seeing like Facebook ads or, um, you know, just the, the, the same 10 things like LinkedIn posts, uh, Google ads and stuff like that. So. To see someone using ugly Microsoft Word documents to sell massive, massive things is just super exciting to me, and it should be exciting to anyone because uh, you don't. It's, there's no barrier to entry.
1: Yeah, definitely a flex uh, for sure that that works. But uh, hey, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel if something works, and so why not? What would you say is one strategy that helped you grow your business especially in the beginning?
0: Um definitely just like over delivering um being comp- like being overly reachable and over delivering like over like nobody wants to over promise and under deliver. I mean that's just going to make you look terrible. Like my big thing is like always been if I can get my foot in the door, like you're not going to get me out of the house. Like I, I, I'm going to get it. Like if you give me the smallest opportunity, I'm going to crush it so much that you feel stupid, not continuing to work with me. Like I want to make myself invaluable. Um, you know, I want to step on my competitors throats in that way. And I I don't mean to be so like crude about it, but like, I, I don't, I, I see every opportunity as a long-term relationship. Um, I want to be the one that that is called in a time of crisis. I want to be the one that's called um, when you're, you know, like w- when you're rolling out the next big thing that you're excited about, like I don't want there to be any doubt who you should call. So the only way to do that is just to just to blow the doors off and, and go 100% and over-deliver.
1: Ooh, I love that. And that analogy that you gave where you said, when you get your foot in the door, you're not going to be able to get out of the house. They're not going to want you out of the house because you have created so much value for them and they completely see uh, your value. And that's it. Your competitors have no chance.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. What is the toughest decision you've had to make in the past few months?
0: Um yeah so i mean last summer i was trying a bunch of different things um to make money online and i've always wanted to it's for me like yes it's about like kind of like what you said like everyone wants a nice car i want to live in a penthouse those are all basic things but for me like regardless of this no joke like regardless if this paid um i still find that need to like constantly challenge myself so um so yeah it's just it's sorry i'm like i'm what was the question
1: yeah you're on the right track the question was what is the toughest decision you've had to make yeah
0: right um so basically with that said like i had a really good i had a really good website um called sweepersupply.com. And I was selling these like $7,000 floor scrubbers and and whatnot. And it was, it was drop shipping, but like, I, I wasn't drop shipping, like cheap junk from China. Like I was partnered with like these American brands and I made like $70,000 on the side last year doing that. Um, it was really crazy, but I had to make the decision to shut it down when it became, I guess, too much of a strain on my time. Um, even though like the extra money was certainly amazing, like, like I had to make that decision to like rip the bandaid off and, and basically say like, okay, like I didn't create this website to create another full-time job for myself. Like I created it um so that I can essentially give myself financial freedom. And um yeah, I just felt like I was just being bogged down with it. So as much as I, I put a year of work into that website and it was my baby and I, I wanted to continue it on. And I had all these big goals for it. Like I just, I don't know, I just got burned out and, and shutting it down sucked, but, uh, it led me to where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, that definitely sounds like a tough one with one door having to be closed because it was taking up too much of your time, but from that more open. So there's a definitely a, uh, good you know end to the story there
0: yeah there's no way I could do anything I'm doing now while still running that business that was like essentially sucking another 40 hours a week out of me
1: yeah is it something that potentially you could have outsourced um you know maybe hired someone to replace yourself but you still oversee the company
0: yes and no like I at what like I was essentially outsourcing uh, like outsourcing a ton of it, um, but it, it just became like such a drag. Like I, there's certain things you just can't outsource, or at least at the stage I was at, like when I was dealing with these like commercial floor scrubber machine brands, which by the way, I, I don't know anything about those machines, but like I'm the one that's like hopping on like an hour long Zoom call with like, some floor scrubber manufacturer, because I I can't like outsource that to my assistant in the Philippines or whatever, you know, like I, I have to be on those calls. So, um, definitely could have gotten to a point to where I outsourced absolutely everything, but, uh, I, I just couldn't put my brain in in a VA's body for lack of a better term. So, um, yeah, it just became too much of a drag.
1: No, I understand that there's some things that you need to have, I guess that you know your 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 pulse on really you can't duplicate yourself. You can do your best in training someone else, but even that takes a lot of time to get them up to the speed of where you're at. um So yeah, I understand your decision.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and also yeah. like by starting Audern and like it's just it's adjacent to an industry that I'm already in. So it's like I I just questioned myself like why. Why am I selling $5,000 vacuums when like, I already am tapped in with all these celebrities and, you know, just once in a lifetime opportunities, I felt like I was squandering by focusing on essentially expensive vacuum
1: cleaners. (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. Well, on the flip side, so you've shared with us one failure that you've had, or, you know, a tough decision that you feel like you've had to step away from. Uh, what has been your most satisfying moment in business? Uh, I,
0: I think like, I think for me personally, like when I, I used to work for like really small artists. Um, I remember like one time we had a show in Milwaukee and there was like four people in the crowd and then like juxtapos, like juxtaposing that with, uh, you know some of the people i've gotten to work with since like selling out madison square garden and like just being on the stage or backstage like it's kind of like a full circle moment because i used to dream of that kind of stuff or when i would be touring with like small level artists and like freezing to death in a minivan for like 200 bucks a week um i dreamed of like the bigger stages i dreamed of of somehow figuring this all out so um yeah this past summer i we had a show at uh, madison square garden and it was sold out and um i had a lot of people that night just like dapping me up and just telling me you know they appreciated me for one reason or another and and likewise i appreciate them even more and and yeah it's just really really cool for full circle moment for me yeah
1: that is a uh story of a come up, if you will, Uh, you know, just in what you've explained, uh, having been, you know, freezing in a minivan for $200 a week to backstage Madison's Wear Garden. uh, That's amazing. Definitely, definitely. What do you think it is that makes you successful? What's that one thing that gives you the edge?
0: I just like my biggest fear is just being in the same place like a year from now, six months from now. And I, I hate seeing like my friends or peers or anyone, like I, I hate seeing like people just not reach their potential. And for myself, like I have, I have goals and aspirations that can't be reached unless I am going everything, going at everything 120%. So um, yeah, just, just, being honest with myself that like the only way to get there is by essentially myself creating, creating the energy and the fuel to get there. So um, yeah, it's just self-reliance.
1: Very, very important. Um, Say if what you have in your business right now, what if all of that went away tomorrow and you had to start over? What is the one business idea that you're willing to give away to readers if they're looking to start a business from scratch right now, what would be that one thing?
0: Yeah. There, so there's this concept, uh, every, everyone's heard of drop shipping, which I, you know, I kind of explained my experience in that. And I hate drop shipping. I, you know, bless anyone it works for. Um, and it does work for a lot of people, but there's a, an adjacent model called drop servicing where essentially you can sell like if you go on fiverr.com and you look at anything those freelancers are selling for you know anywhere from 20 bucks to 100 bucks and so on you can literally take something off of fiverr build an agency around it and you already have your team of freelancers on fiverr you just approach them and tell them that you're trying to start an agency doing graphic design or whatever it is they're selling seo whatever um this this concept of drop servicing is awesome because, um, you know, for me, if I had to start from scratch, like that's what I would do. I would just go on Fiverr, see what's selling, see what I can charge the most for. Um, if, you know, if, if someone is selling, uh, I don't know, uh, SEO services for 200 bucks a month. I can build an agency build an agency website and sell that same service for 1500 bucks a month. Um and I'll be the face of it and then the freelancer on Fiverr will be my fulfillment. So um yeah, I just think that's such a cool concept and it's how I paid my bills when when times were tight for sure.
1: I've definitely seen this model work um for myself in different capacities but for a lot of other agencies that I that I know utilize this and uh it is pretty much as easy as you've just explained it. So yeah, great, great one there. What is the best $100 you've spent? What was it? And why did you buy it?
0: Yeah, so um, I am big on buying templates, um, anything that that helps me gain an edge or gain a little piece of knowledge. Um, I guess referencing my guy, Sean Anthony, again, who's been instrumental in, uh, I I guess, helping me start my online money-making journey slash entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, he, he's always doing these like webinars and, and, um, he, he does everything like so simplistically, like, as I said, he, he sells massive deals just using word, uh, Microsoft word documents and stuff. So he actually did a webinar recently. I think it was exactly a hundred bucks and you get a ticket to the webinar and then you get all his templates um and I did that and it was great you know so like I'm I'm always doing stuff like that I'm constantly if someone's got good information and I don't have it yet like I need to have it so like I'm I'm going to buy it I don't care about the cost
1: that is a great one yeah investing in uh you know just learning education always learning uh, I think is all is extremely important. Definitely. What is uh, one book that you recommend to listeners right now?
0: Um, I like, uh, I like Alex Hermosi. Um, I, I guess it would piggyback off of what I was saying about drop servicing. Like Alex Hermosi, Um, he's like the darling of the, the marketing world right now. Everyone can't stop talking about him, but, uh, he has this book called $100 million offers. Um, I think everyone should read that book. Like you could literally read that book in like a day or two um, and then apply it to drop servicing and like no more than like 90% of entrepreneurs. It's just, it's so simple, um, but genius at the same time. So I, I think it's very beginner friendly, but has uh, it, it makes complex things simple. Um, at like a, at like a ninth grade level. So um, yeah, it's great.
1: You are not the first person who's mentioned that book. So I think there's a lot of merit to that. Um, So great. Amazing. A couple last questions I have for us here today. Um, The next one is what is a movie or series that you've watched recently that you recommend to others? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm not a big Netflix person or anything. I I consume a lot of, uh, a lot of YouTube. So I would say for mindset stuff, um, I watch a lot of this guy named Aaron Doughty, um, D-O, his last name is spelled D-O-U-G-H-Y-T, um, or T-Y. And uh, he's got some really good mindset stuff on there. So if I'm ever stuck in a rut, um, if I'm ever having a bad day, I just I just think he, again, he, he's another guy that takes these complex, um, I guess complex, uh, he has a good way of making things simple. And, uh, and, and making you see the full picture. So I, I, I think it's important to zoom out and uh, see the bigger picture sometimes. And uh, yeah, he has a great way of doing that.
1: Okay, got it. What about favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote that lingers in your mind?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't know who said it, but it goes something like, uh, the treasure you seek is hidden inside the cave you fear the most. And like, I I just love that quote. It resonates with me on, on so many personal levels. Um, the magic in life, you know, every, every good thing that's ever happened to me has always been like scary as hell. Like, um, whether that be like sending that text message, uh, asking for the job, or if you can help someone out or, or whether that be telling someone, you know, how you really feel about them or whatever, like all that magical stuff happens just by like taking the leap and you have to take that leap. Um, so yeah, I love that quote.
1: Ooh, that's a good one to remember that pretty much everything that is worth it in life is on the other side of that fear. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, what does the future hold for you in your business? What are you most excited about?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because, um, obviously things are fluid like like marketing's always changing audiences adapt and uh they get sick of seeing the same things so when it comes to marketing and helping monetize these audiences and and things like that like i just i just know for me to be effective i need to be i need to always be hip to like what is currently working talking to people um seeing what's working for them Um, I think that's the blessing. It's like by working with many people, I can help everyone more because I'm seeing what's like working across the board. Whereas like, if I'm working exclusively for one person, I can only see like what's working like under that specific hood of that car. You know, like I, it's, it's so useful to like, you know, take one thing and apply it to another person. And uh, yeah, just really staying on top of the latest trends in technology and advertising and Yeah, just staying hip to what's going
1: on. Got it. Yep, it sounds like uh, you have really big things in store. Um, You're always looking out for the latest technology or resources that would allow you to even furthermore add value to your clientele. All right, Billy, last final question for you. What are the three major key takeaways that you want people to walk away remembering from this, uh, from this podcast, or you know, readers um, who will be be, be reading this. Uh, what are those three key takeaways?
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I I really think uh, you know surrounding yourself by by people that actively uh want you to succeed is super important um obviously like you know sometimes your family doesn't get it or your friend group doesn't get it and um yeah i mean you have to just cut all of that bs out and, and cut through the fog and just just proceed with 100 effort when like you you don't know if it's ever going to work out the only way it will work out is if you proceed like through it all without knowing it's going to work out um the other would be you know really dial in your media consumption like I, I used to just listen to all like nothing but comedy podcasts and watching nothing but horror movies and things like that and all that stuff is fun but it's junk food like you know get yourself a mentor uh, would be my third one um and it kind of parlays off my second one of, of the media consumption like a mentor doesn't always have to be someone you're paying a couple thousand bucks a month to help you. Um, certainly that helps and it helps you shortcut years of stress and hardship off of it, uh, off of, I guess, your, your timeline to success, like mentors help. But um, yeah, two and three go together because like once I shifted and started like consuming media that like is actually being made by people who I want to be like um and my my timeline and my algorithm started showing me more of stuff like more stuff like that like i began to like it more i began to feel more motivated like you you really become the sum of your 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 peer group your friend group and the media you consume so all all three of these are related um surround yourself by good people that want you to win don't consume nothing but junk food and find yourself a mentor
1: What a perfect way to wrap up an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Billy. If people want to follow you, uh, plug your social media platforms for us right now and your website.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, my website is audern.com. It's A-U-D-E-A-R-N.com. You can reach me by Billy at audern.com or just through the website. Um, currently re uh rebuilding some of the social media uh platforms on our side so i'll have some stuff out there soon but uh yeah thank you for the opportunity and it was wonderful chatting about all this
1: thank you so much billy so great to learn more about you and your journey really appreciate your time today of course thank you so much